What the heck is paired programming? I mean, I think it's in the word, in the name, isn't it? So yeah, paired programming. I mean, I think we we do this without knowing what the name is, right? Yeah. I mean, so, you know, there's been several times that we've worked on something together and I'm like, hey, you know what? I really don't understand this. Can you come take a second look at this for me or vice versa? You're yeah. like, hey, you know, what? I'm, I'm stuck. Like, I need help. And I think really that's that's a form of paired programming right there. Um, it's not that it's necessarily that you're doing anything together, but you're looking over someone's shoulder um, and just trying to help guide or spot something that they might not see. So let's talk about the companies that do this religiously, like where it's it's more than what you've described yeah they it's in their dna like they we're talking one workstation two people yeah that's crazy i've i've literally never heard about that until a couple weeks ago yeah i i i it's like a you 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 know that it exists but you you don't ever think you're going to come across a company that does it but we did we came across a company that exclusively does paired programming and they've been doing it now for like 15 years and they swear by it. That's crazy. Yeah. So here's the thing. And I'm curious what your take is on this. They, they believe that it actually doesn't take longer in the end to do pair programming. So, so the, the argument is two people doing, the, doing Same one thing. thing. Yeah. It should <laughs> double your your costs yeah because you're you're taking twice as long their argument is it and if you if you sum up all of the time spent on a feature it's about a wash Mm -hmm. um their argument is but is that just development time or like what no it's it's everything from like from design to post-production support if you quant and that's that's I think where the value is. Right. It's the, it's the after yeah. After the fact. I mean, I, I don't know if that's like the whole chart, but like um I think somebody put together something, right? Finding a bug while you're writing it is cheaper than fixing a bug that's in production. Right. And if you just think about that graph of just and it, that's I feel like that's like you're gonna find it more so in development or at least in testing rather than yeah, further that gra- down the line. That graph is not like that. It's like that it's exponential. Yeah, it's so much more expensive to find a bug in production. We're talking the difference between like thirty minutes of time versus thirty hours of time. Yeah. Um, because you think about it, you find a bug in production, the client reports it, uh, it goes through some support triage, it goes through tier two, tier three. It gets reviewed by uh, a product owner to make sure that it's valid. Yeah, Yeah. it's so expensive to find. Then you fix it, then you have to deploy it, and then you have to schedule outage if that's how your system was built. Like it's find it fast. Um, So yeah, they this company that that we work with um, has said that any any projects we work on with them have to be done in a pair programming capacity because they believe religiously that this is the best way to do things. And he, and the manager said something that kind of shocked me and I'm curious what your take is on it. He said that pair programming has effectively eliminated code reviews. I mean, I can see that to a degree. Yeah. He didn't say it completely did, but like 95% of what would normally be done in a code review is captured as part of the, what, what I'm really curious about is what is the team rotation, right? So, like, are you working with the same person? For months and months. Right, for months and months. Or is it, like, once a month that you switch? 
we should explain like what this looks like. So there's there's two there's two people in a in a pair, <laughs> two people in a pair. Duh. Um, one is called the driver, mm-hmm. and one is called the navigator. Yeah, and, so one's got the mouse and one's got the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I feel like in our like when we do this, you're always the driver. I'm always the navigator. And the way that I've heard it's expressed is the navigator is thinking about like the end goal or the the ten thousand foot view, mm. and the driver is making it happen, making it happen, and focusing like hyper focusing on the details. And what makes a good navigator is the navigator doesn't nitpick all of the the minutia. It kind of like because this can become a really toxic thing where really, yeah because if if you're insecure in what you're doing like you can yeah it, or you gotta create it that way or if you got a terrible navigator who is just picking apart every single thing you do it can be paralyzing yeah like why yeah, yeah just yeah so a good navigator is going to kind of not chime in a lot and just sort of observe and make sure are we meeting the spirit of this feature of this story of this epic um and the driver is um actually doing it and the navigator is going to periodically ask questions, make assertions, um, recommend solutions. It's it's really how you and I have operated. Mm-hmm. And when I'm like, hey, Chris, come here and help me. Yeah. And you're like, move over. And I move yeah. over. Well, then it's like, hey, okay, like, what are you expecting? Or, yeah. you know, is this how you, yeah. I, I paint the picture. You get into the weeds. I ask questions. I might call out some fringe cases. But in those situations, it works out really well. Now, imagine these companies doing this on a day-to-day basis. 95% of what they're doing fits in this model yeah. um they they believe that this has made them more efficient and with 15 years of history and success behind them it's it's hard to make it it's hard to argue that yeah well and, and really so my my practice with pair programming is it's really used as a coaching tool and a teaching tool right so i'm what is confusing in my brain with this whole thing is okay so you're doing it for 15 years and this will come back to the idea of cycling so i would imagine what's probably going to happen is you got the more senior member being the navigator and probably the more junior member being the driver or maybe not i don't I'm yeah not, you know like it, it, it's and at some point you know because if you're only interacting with one person you're only going to get one perspective like where is that growth coming from in that yeah you you, way? Need, you need churn so i ironically you don't want the the gap in experience to be too big with a driver navigator right because otherwise one person's just going to do 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 without yeah. understanding why so you're right in that you want a gap but you don't want it to be like years you want it two to be levels like, big you want it to be like junior and mid or mid and senior or mid and mid or yeah, whatever or yeah. something yeah something to that degree and you're right you do you have to sort of churn the team so Every three months or every six months, you need to shuffle up the teams so that you're getting fresh perspective and there's that sort of cross-pollinization. Um, because if you don't... So let's talk about companies who don't pair program. Like, I would imagine that they have to go out of their way... To get help of anything. Yeah. And honestly, and we've talked about this before. You know, my advice to people always is spend five minutes on something, five to 15 minutes. If you can't figure it out, just ask a question, right? And that's the putting yourself out there aspect. And if you don't have that built in, this is back to the thing is you could, not that every company has to have a mentor, but there's usually a point person of like, Hey, and honestly, that's the thing that I've been working with right now is just like, okay, like give me a point person. And I've been making my point person. It might not have been explicitly said, but just like, I'm going to go to you for help. Like I'm letting you know that. Yeah. Um, 
and, and that pair programming just naturally builds that in. So you you don't take a very like as dogmatic of approach as this other company that we talked about. Your, yours is more of an organic uh, approach to it. Yeah, it's hey, I'm I'm struggling. Okay, hey, like so and so, come help me for a little bit. I, let me share my screen. It, it, like it, it's not official. It's not exactly that way, right? This is kind of the more lenient. Yeah, but it might we're working on the same problem together, kind of. But it might result in like a a one or two hour session where you sort of have that driver navigator dynamic. Yeah, like I'm yeah, like I'm I'm driving the whole boat, and yeah, they're navigating, saying like, okay, hey, yeah, you're in the right area, or you're not. One of the arguments that this manager gave for why they do pair programming this this uh, driver navigator method is um, they're very sensitive to automated testing, mm-hmm. and um, they have a rule where if you can convince both driver and navigator not to do an automated test, they won't do it. And, and, and that's a good yeah yeah and that and that, honestly that's a huge thing for keeping somebody accountable yeah because you're not gonna you're not gonna add those code smells you're not gonna leave the the dangly tech debt sitting around yeah um it, yeah because you might feel lazy today and that mm-hmm. other person's gonna be like eh, no, yeah but you really should no you, we really need to do this yeah it at least adds a little uh accountability that a healthy amount i think if it's done right to that results in a higher level of code quality um, so you have the you have the code reviews are kind of more organic argument. You have the higher code quality argument. You have this cross pollinization argument. Yeah. The, well, the whole discussion about code reviews is a whole other can of worms into this. And like, what is an effective code review? Because, and, and again, this is back to the coaching aspect. Like, it can be very beneficial because you know, do you need to do a code review in this? Probably not. But if you if your pod is doing something different than what other people are doing. Like, where is that cross-communication happening? Oh, I see. So within the pairs, there still needs to be cross-pollination. But that's where that that cross-pollination among the pairs, that happens when you, you know, do the musical chairs, right? Right. Yeah. And and that's the question of what is the frequency of that? Is that happening and stuff like that? Yeah. Have I sold you on it? Do you want to do do this everywhere you go now? So the only other thing I want to mention, too, is I think that the con to it is... What is the value on rapid prototyping? Because if you and I were working on something and we don't know how to do it, is it beneficial for us to spend a day at one computer <laughs> trying something or you try my, you try your thing, I try my thing, and then we see what works and then we come together come and together, make it happen? Yeah, yeah no, I, I, that is a really good argument. Um, I will say though, and you know this is true, the mo- the majority of the times we pair program, oh, it's always been much better quality. Well, no, but the point I was going to say was we're o- I'm always trying to whip together a rapid prototype with mm-hmm. you. Like that's generally the use case. It's I need to prove that this is viable. Hey, Chris, let's talk about it. Yeah. So, um, I think it just you just got to make sure the pair is equipped for the job. Obviously, yeah. um, I I don't think anybody's advocating for a team to spin their wheels. Um, but I would actually argue that that is the perfect uh, situation for pair programming because um, you're going to run into so many rocks that are going to trip you. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, I was building that PWA prototype. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Chris, I need your help. Get over here. And you did. You became the driver. I was a navigator. And, like, boom, we had it working in, like, five minutes. Yeah. Um, now, you weren't there the whole time. Like, maybe, right. you know, that was more of a that more organic type of situation but yeah i think i think prototyping is a huge like 
use case for this. Yeah. And and this is back to, you know, the bugs being a lot more. Uh, so the discussion of the bugs being a lot more expensive found in production. Um, I feel like also in the situation that we've operated as well is when a production bug came through, we never worked on it alone. Oh, <laughs> we never worked on it alone. Right. Yeah, it, yeah. it was Oh, no, we need this done ASAP, whether I worked on it for a bit, but there was never a time of a check-in or whatever it is between, before one of us checked in with each other yeah, to make a, sure of, like, this is, so what am I missing? What, yeah. Subconsciously, we're sort of recognizing in those moments that it's faster for two people to work on this. Yep. Like, noticeably faster. Well, um, and it's the same thing. If you spend 15 minutes on something, just making that call for someone, like, again, you're bringing a pair into it. So this is what I was saying. is like, you know, I think naturally I've done it throughout most of my career just without knowing, giving it a name. Giving it a name. Or, or just saying the default. So, like, in your example, the default is, you know, single programming and you fall back to paired when it's needed. Mm-hmm. I think this other company, it's the default is paired and you fall back to single when it's appropriate. Right. Um, well, and the question is, when is it appropriate in their space? I, in in their space, it was like whenever it, it's bec- it becomes obvious that it's a waste of time. So, you know, they sort of talk about there's these natural points where separation is obvious. So like doing analysis or just light work or... Yeah, it's like oh, we're all in agreement on the direction we're going to go. Now we just need to, to type like just that, execute that's where the value of the navigator kind of goes away and i, I think a, a team needs to be able to recognize that mm-hmm. um and they did they, they did say this is a pretty significant culture shock for almost every developer that works there i'm curious so like i i remember back in college there's a whole semester that i didn't program and i was super rusty when i came out like Oh, like what does this do to somebody who's like consistently the navigator? Right. Yeah, you think you have to like you have to switch. I'll alternate like multiple times in a sprint. Yeah, it's like today or, or per sprint even. Today I'm gonna be the driver. Tomorrow I'll be the navigator. That that I think that's the level of change that it needs to be. Yeah. Um, because you're right. You're gonna get rest- you're gonna get stale. I mean, like it's not that you can't do the work because yeah. you can still recognize a good pattern and things like that. But once you start taking the driver's seat, it's going to be, you're going to be a lot less. I feel like you'd be less effective potentially. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. Like I, to me, it's kind of clear that this is the better approach. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't think every business is going to be willing to accept it because I don't think they're going to be able to quantify the value, the value of it. Cause they're not capturing enough data about their development. Mm-hmm. cycle so yeah pair programming yeah.